When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, welcome in. Little little bonus episode here of Purple Daily. Phil Mackey and Purple Daily presented, as always, by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. And uh, we've been swapping emails back and forth for a few weeks now, trying to coordinate our schedules. But I've got a special guest, one of the OG Vikings Ventline callers back in the day when Judd and I and the superstar Mike Morris were, uh, this is back like in the early days of Mike Zimmer, maybe even the last year of Leslie Frazier, when we were doing the 1500 ESPN radio version of Vikings Ventline. And he was one of our favorite and best callers. He's built up an awesome Viking-centric YouTube channel. And so let's bring him in, my special guest on this episode of Purple Daily, Realistic Randy. What is going on, my long-lost friend? (laughs) That takes me back, Phil. It was definitely during the last year of Leslie Frazier because I remember, I think the first time I called into you guys was the Josh Freeman game against the Giants. Mm. And I finally had had enough. And... I've been in California for about 10 years. So this was, I don't know, maybe my first or second year in California. And I said, all right, I've had enough. I have to find, I've (laughs) got to find a Viking station to listen to. And then I found you guys. You're like, call in. I was like, all right, I'm calling in. And I mean, I just went to town. That, that, That really takes me back. So yeah, definitely the last year of the Leslie Frazier year. But thanks for having me on, man. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going all right. We've been we've just been. I mean, the Vikings have been so interesting all off season, and now that we've got mandatory mini camps on the horizon, we've got some Daniil Hunter drama. The Vikings are 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 very rarely a Super Bowl like a true Super Bowl contender, but they're always a contender to just be like the most drama laden and interesting team. I think among uh, most NFL teams. So, by the way, uh, if you haven't already subscribed, just go. Go to Realistic Randy's YouTube channel. He's pumping out multiple videos a week. And uh, if you could just literally just search in the YouTube search bar Realistic Randy and click that subscribe button, he does an awesome job. So I just want to throw some Vikings topics out, get your thoughts and your takes, and uh, have some fun here. You ready? Let's for do it? it. Yeah. All right. Um, Daniil Hunter. Let's start with him. Oh boy. Are you in the camp that says just – pay him literally whatever he wants, even though he hasn't played a football game since 2019? Um, Or are you going to plant your feet in the sand if you're the Vikings front office? And they do, we need you to at least show up for a practice before we 
go and uh, start talking about a Joey Bosa level contract. Where are you at with Daniil Hunter? Daniil Hunter, when healthy, has been grossly underpaid based on his production. But right now, he has zero leverage. You haven't played football since, like you said, 2019. You missed all of last season recovering from neck surgery. You deserve to get paid only if you're healthy. But we need to see you. If I'm the coaching staff, if I'm Rick Spielman, bro, I need to physically see you here. I need to see what you're all about now. By the time that minicamp gets here and he's still not at the facilities, then it's time to raise all holy hell. But right now, I'm not panicking. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, my goodness, we we need to make a vast decision and just give him money. Even if he shows up, I'm not giving him whatever it is that he wants right now, allegedly. I need this for me. If I made the decisions for the Vikings, I would just say, listen, bro, I need to see you play in person this year. Then I'll give you whatever the hell you want. See, but that's no, the- I'm, I'm not. No, don't throw the bank at him just yet. So here, here's kind of where I'm at with this thing, and I know that the Vikings are in a really tough spot because who knows? Like the the dude hasn't played a football game since 2019, so you don't know for sure is he going to be 75 percent of the same guy? Is he going to re-aggravate his neck injury right after you give him ridiculous money? So in a perfect world, I'm with you. Like I need to see him. Um, but the other the other part of this is if if you want all of the defensive additions that you brought in throughout free agency and you just I mean you got Patrick Peterson you got Dalvin Tomlinson you got all these new pieces none of them matter if Daniil Hunter isn't playing and happy for you in 2021 and if Daniil Hunter isn't playing and happy everyone gets fired anyways so I might just like if I'm Spielman and Zimmer in this situation I might just bend over backwards and deal with any sort of financial ramifications after 2021 because if I don't have Daniel Hunter ready to rock and roll and and all in on this thing for 2021, then there's no way that the Vikings are going to be a Super Bowl contender anyway. So it's a really tough spot for the front office and I think for Zimmer. Then yeah, sure, I can I can see it from that perspective. Because if Daniel Hunter is not here, you're right. Because I will say this: Daniel Hunter with Stephen Weatherly slash DJ Wanham is nice. It works out great. The Neil Hunter is not there, and you have Stephen Weatherly and DJ Wanham opposite that's problem, sides. Yeah. That that's <laughs> yeah, that's bad. But then, okay, conversely, you give them the money, panic. Okay, we we need him here, or, or else we're going to get fired. What if he is only seventy percent? You gave him the money, then he shows up. I I think they're stuck, Zimmer and Spielman, between a rock and a hard place. I don't know what you do. I know what I would do, but for them, I can see it from. From their perspective as well. This is fun. I, I've got like three or four other like big Vikings topics I want to throw at you. And I don't know exactly where you stand on some of these. So we might clash. Oh, we boy. might fully agree. This is going to be good. Oh, so it's a lot easier to pay Daniil Hunter or overpay Daniil Hunter if you don't have a good, not great quarterback. And when I say good, I'm, I might even be overpraising Kirk Cousins based on where I stand with him. Oh. Um, so if you're not paying him the third most money to the cap, this year and the second most money to the cap next year, it's a lot easier to potentially overpay some of these key non-quarterback positions. But because he's making so much money, it puts you in a tough spot with Neil Hunter, puts you in a tough spot um, with free agency money. Like we saw the Vikings had to like Rick Rob Brzezinski is the best cap guy in America. And he has to sit there and every single year, like have awkward conversations with like four or five key Vikings just to find enough room to add one free agent. 
So um, Kirk Cousins, next topic. Do you think he has enough with the offensive line upgrades in the draft with Justin Jefferson emerging? Does he have enough for us to just say, all right, dude, no more excuses. No more are we going to look at your numbers and, and, and say, wow, this guy puts up ridiculous numbers and he just has a 500 record because his teammates and coaches have sucked for six years. Um, are the excuses gone for Kirk Cousins? I mean, I don't know if the excuses are even still there. I think this is a topic we're going to clash on because early on, I was definitely in the camp of, okay, dude, mentally, you're just not there. You're not, and I don't, I don't, we got to be careful because I don't want to use the term soft, but he was like borderline for that for me, especially that Bears game. What mm-hmm. was that, 2019, the, uh, yeah. week two, week three, whatever that was before Adam Thielen said you can't run the ball a thousand times. No. But he has shown the Chiefs game, 2019, three touchdowns all on third down, the Saints game in the wild card game. He has shown last year, Phil. And I'm not even going to say the offense because that would imply that the offensive line was respectable. Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, those dudes with a terrible offensive line with a crappy defense, they carried the Vikings last year. But to your point as far as, okay, for those that may say, okay, no more excuses, I think this is his best chance to be as successful as possible with this team because – this is his what? This is 18, 19, 20, 21. This, he's going into his fourth season with the Vikings. Up to this point, Phil, the Minnesota Vikings, we know exactly who Kirk Cousins is and was at the time that we signed him coming from the Washington football team. We know exactly who he was as a quarterback. He needs an offensive line. And his first three years with the Vikings, Phil, the Vikings provided Kirk Cousins with an offensive line, the equivalent of butt cheeks. It was terrible. (laughs) So we can't then go out and say, all right, well, you need to get more mobile, even though I think he did kind of add that, just a little bit of that element to his game towards the end of last season. This is the first time where, okay, you have Brian O'Neill where he's a stud. You added Christian Derrissaw. Why Davis, how he ended up in the third round is beyond me. This offensive line should be somewhat legit. The defense is absolutely loaded. Daniel Hunter, that's the one element here that, okay, if he if he's not on this team, we're in serious trouble. We are. But this is, I think this is his best chance at success. The best opportunity of success for Kirk Cousins is this year. It is kind of funny though when when the first OTA session, the 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 voluntary OTA from a couple weeks ago, whatever. Uh, and media gets gets their first. Well, actually, I think media was there on day three and got to take a bunch of notes. But day one, Vikings.com put out like a video of the first team offense. And and, and they're not going to put like Derrissaw is going to have to earn his way from second team to first team. So I get why Derrissaw is not starting at left tackle sure. on the first practice. And I get why I, I get why the rookies are like meant to earn it. But it was pretty hilarious and also somewhat jarring that Dakota Dozier was with the first oh team God. offense on the first day of OTAs. Oh it's like, you guys, come on now. Don't even tempt yourselves. Like, Just don't even re-sign him and give yourselves the temptation with a couple injuries to put him as a starter again in front of Kirk Cousins. Uh, so that was a little bit jarring. Here, here's the thing 
I agree with you on the offensive line the first three years. I mean, actually, if you go back and look like the last 15 years of Vikings offensive lines, according to Pro Football Focus, they've only had top 15 pass blocking units twice in 15 years. And so um, unless you have a mobile quarterback, in case Keenum actually was able to to flush out and escape pressure up the middle, you, yes. it's kind of a magic carpet ride flash in the pan, but... Um, um, so he was able to rise above it a little bit in 2017. Brett Favre actually had the best graded pass blocking unit in 2009 with the Vikings. Steve Hutchinson, Hall of Fame left guard. I believe Bryant McKinney was still What's playing left Burke tackle. There too? Or John Sullivan playing center. I think Burke had gone to the Ravens Baltimore. by then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, in fairness to Kirk, yeah, like, why would you sign an immobile pocket passer, give him all that money, and then not – fortify the offensive line but when you like this is this is this is my biggest question mark about Kirk when you look and I get that traditional passer rating isn't like the best way to measure quarterback performance but just like in terms of one all-encompassing number when you like look at the NFL career leaders in passer rating Pat Mahomes is number one Deshaun Watson's actually number two uh, Aaron Rodgers, number three, Russell Wilson, number four, Drew Brees, number five, Brady is seven. So it's Hall of Famers. It's like the Mount Rushmore of greatest quarterbacks of all time. Kirk is sixth. Kirk has the sixth best passer rating in the history of the NFL. And yet his teams, I'm not going to put this record on him. I'm going to say his teams are 500 in those starts, over 100 starts. So either, so you've got the guy with the sixth best passer rating of all time, and his teams are 500. So either he's the unluckiest dude ever and he's just had garbage lines and no weapons and bad coaching and that's why his teams are 500. Or there's something about those numbers that he puts up that tend to be a little hollow. That the, the best of them aren't coming against the best teams in the biggest situations, right? Um, I, I think it's hard for them to win a Super Bowl with a good, not great quarterback making the third most money but I will, I will grant the people who disagree with me, and you might, they did a damn good job patching the roster despite his contract this offseason. They did. So I will they give them really that credit. And if there's anyone to bitch and moan and look for something to complain about with this team, it's me. They did an outstanding job. My question to you, Phil, is, okay, Kirk Cousins, maybe to you, he's not the answer. What was the alternative? 2017. Case Keenum, we knew you can't re-sign this guy. Who's to say that he's going to continue where he left off? Teddy Bridgewater, you sign him. What? I feel like Kirk Cousins was the only option at the time for them, and they did him no favors. Coming from the Washington football team, listen, I, I'm a Vikings fan who grew up in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. I know all about the Washington football team. They have been god-awful forever. And there's a reason why I never identified with them. So I said, i got to find another team. The Washington football team, they don't know what they're doing historically as long as I've been alive. So you go from that situation to, again, you go to another situation in Minnesota where, okay, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's trying to find Patrick Mahomes, Phil. Everybody's trying to find him. So if you can't, you got to find some alternative to bridge the gap, so to speak. We know who Kirk Cousins is. Why did we? Okay. 2018. 
Why did we move Mike Remmers from right tackle to right guard and then had the audacity to sit there and say with a straight face, oh, my God, this is terrible. I can't believe this happened. (laughs) Pat Elfline, my God, he he can move at times, but he has no strength. You put out Dakota Dozier last year, Drew Samia, who clearly wasn't ready. I mean, just the way they have treated this offensive line. And, okay, you got Brian O'Neill. Great. That's fantastic. And I won't even fault them for Garrett Bradbury because I was on board with that pick. If it doesn't work out, it just doesn't work out. And I've got serious question marks about him. But I just feel like they've gone just little tidbits, little diblets here and there on the offensive line instead of saying, okay, this is our quarterback. We need to really, really get aggressive here. But when it comes to the defense, oh, we have no problem. We, we'll we get whoever the hell we need. Oh, defense, defense. We'll get everybody. The offensive, uh, you know, zone scheme, just run out in space, strength, and that's neither here nor there. If you have it, that's great. We know exactly who he is. I think this is a time for those Kirk Cousins naysayers out there After this season, if everything falls apart and he has a bunch of games multiply what we saw from Atlanta last year, then this is this is your time to shine. This is where you can say, all right, all right, Kurt, enough's enough. But I think despite the fact that they never gave this man a real offensive line, the Vikings had opportunities to win because of Kirk Cousins, because of Dalvin Cook, because of the receivers, the Tennessee game. That offensive line, the final possession, the the offensive line fell apart. I think it was like three different players all on the interior of the offensive line. Goodness, against Seattle, if Alexander Madison, if he hits that hole, if he makes that cut, we win the game. Kirk Cousins, he's not going to light it up. He's not going to end up on SportsCenter. But knowing who he is, I think he's done a pretty fine good job. Your point, your point about offensive line, too, it's like they've spent some extra resources compared to the previous 10 years. Like, if you go back to the Bradbury draft pick, O'Neill was a second-round pick. Like, there was a stretch for a good decade-plus where they weren't even spending – they spent, like, one first-round pick on an offensive lineman, Matt Khalil, in, like, a decade or something. I think I think we did we did some research between, like, 2006 and 16 or something – the only offensive linemen they had drafted in the first two rounds were like Matt Khalil, um, Ryan Cook, I want to say, that New Mexico center. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And then there was also a random, like a random right tackle that never made. So they've they've been spending more resources on offense on offensive linemen. Um, but you you made the crack about like strength. That's a real thing. Like these dudes are getting forklifted off the line of scrimmage because we need quick undersized, nimble offensive lineman for a zone run blocking scheme. It's like, well, what about your quarterback that's being paid $30 million and Garrett Bradbury's getting lifted up into him like six times every Sunday? Um, and I, I want to give Chicago, Bradbury another year too. Yeah, yeah. when you face Chicago, teams like Chicago or the Niners in the divisional round where the cuteness of being able to move out in space, it gets blown up because you have dudes on the defensive line that can also move in space, but also they are strong. These are strong bullies, Phil. And it, it, it's it's been a disaster, but 
I think now they finally said, and I don't know if Rick Spielman finally did this because this is the type of draft that, I mean, I think has been universal with Vikings Nation for years saying, do this with the offensive line. I don't know if he did this because he said, you know what? Oh, that seat is getting a little bit warm. We need to get something together now. And then say, okay, let me finally go ahead and really go after this offensive line. But this, assuming it works out. Now, if we get to training camp and we get to the preseason and Dakota Dozier is your starting right guard and Rashad Hill is your starting left tackle, then I whatever. Okay. I think the only way that okay. happens is if is if the two rookies get hurt or something. Like if Derisaw literally physically can't go in week one. I don't. Think you never know, Phil, because Ezra Cleveland, you drafted Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle. We missed out on Trent Williams. Ezra Cleveland, he was – he was the supplement plan to that. Great, we got a left tackle. Oh, he's going to play right guard. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I will say, I, uh, I, you know, there's been all these reports that have come out, and our own Doogie at Scornart too is. Uh, I mean, he has it on good authority. The Vikings tried to trade up to seven with the Lions in the first round. There's the report. I mean, not the report. There's the video from the Panthers website yeah. that shows them shooting down the Vikings just ridiculous lowball offers. Was that hey, well, give you a yeah to get up to eight. Yeah. Um, and so the and we think it was for Justin Fields, but it was almost like they were lobbing sort of half-assed pitches to move up for Fields. Like, oh, we kind of like him, but we're not going to give up. You know, our first pick in the third round to get him. I like the way the draft played out. I like Fields, but um, I, I think if it was Justin Fields and then shrug your shoulders about offensive line again until the third round, or Christian Derrissaw and then go grab Kellen Mond and have him be able to sit freely for a year behind Kirk Cousins. I think this is the way, first of all, I like the way that they set that up. And I think this is how the next year is going to play out. Regardless of how good Kirk Cousins is in 2021, I don't think there's any way he plays on a $45 million cap hit in 2022. And so the Vikings have to do one of two things next February or March. They either have to restructure and get him more guaranteed money into age 35, 36, so 2023, 24, and smooth out that contract, or they have to trade him. And I think if Kellen Mond looks at all competent throughout the next, you know, what, nine months of practice, I think they would rather roll in with a $1 million Kellen Mond and some sort of competent, you know, veteran backup in 2022 than Kirk on a $45 million cap hit or an extension that guarantees him more money beyond age 35. Um, now, will Kellen Mond be as good as Kirk Cousins as a, as a first-year starter in 2022? Absolutely not. But can you use the rest of that money to build up your roster even more or extend guys? Or maybe it's breathing room for a Daniil Hunter extension smoothed out, right? Um, what were your thoughts when you saw them pull the trigger on Kellen Mond in the third round? Clearly, they're ready to move on from Kirk Cousins immediately they are ready to move on from that massive cap hit and i think fingers crossed i hope the green bay packers i really hope they have jordan love just start the season i hope Aaron apparently he looked like garbage in the first couple practices i'm rooting for more of that i'm rooting for more i hope aaron Rodgers does not return i actually hope he retires and the reason why i hope he retires is because i think the perfect team that could end up trading for a guy like Kirk Cousins is the Denver Broncos. I think I think that's them. I think no. the Denver Broncos, if Aaron Rodgers ends up getting traded, I think it's to the Broncos, but hopefully he retires. 
that means, okay, in 22, what's the one team that's most likely to take on a one-year deal of Kirk Cousins? It's the Denver Broncos. Clearly, they're ready to move on. Fiscally, it would be great if you take Kellen Mond on a rookie deal. I don't know, man. I, I just I just feel like we get into this thing where the draft happens. It's sexy. This is the new player that we took in. And, oh, my God, this is going to be great. Just wait. Give them two or three years. But but then it kind of fizzles out. I'm not saying that Kellen Mond is not the guy. I certainly hope he is. If you want a mobile quarterback, Kellen Mond, that's exactly what he brings to the table. He's raw. I think he needs development. And with a defensive-minded head coach, is he going to have a consistent a consistent offensive coaching staff? Or are we going to rotate offensive coordinators every other year? But the idea of, hey, you know what? You take a cheap deal with a quarterback and you can load up everywhere else, that's attractive as well. I think I honestly think in my heart of hearts, and I, I think I talked about this maybe a week or two ago, what are the odds to the Vikings? They're not going to release him. So do they trade him or do they simply let the contract run out? I think they're going to trade him. I think they are. Because even if it's not the Broncos, it's Kirk Cousins on a one-year deal. Mm -hmm. So a team that feels like they are a quarterback away from going after the Lombardi trophy, why not take a chance on Kirk Cousins? I think they're going to do that. Yeah, and I I mean, I think there's probably – and if you if you go back and look at like the last twenty years of quarterbacks being drafted, first round quarterbacks have like a seventy five percent chance of being just a, at least a solid franchise quarterback for you, like just not a bust. Once you get out of the first and second rounds, you get to like third round and later, it's like a twenty to twenty five percent chance that I think it's um, I, I don't know the research in front of me, but I believe it's third and fourth round quarterbacks the last twenty years. There's like a twenty percent chance that they become multi year starters that are at least decent enough, right? So I don't I don't think there's a great chance Kellen Mond becomes your franchise quarterback, but these are the little gambles you have to take because the formula the best formula for winning a Super Bowl the last 20 years, there's two of them really. Have Tom Brady as one sure. <laughs> or Peyton Manning. Um and then the other one is have a good quarterback on a rookie scale contract and cash in with the rest of your roster until that guy gets paid. And there's like two examples that don't fall into that bin. And people are going to say, uh, you know, Pat Mahomes, well, he was on a rookie scale contract. And actually, just re- he, if he does it again this year, he just restructured. His contract's only $7 million for 2021. So he would still kind of fall into that uh, cheap quarterback or Hall of Fame quarterback bin. There really is no precedent for overpaying a good quarterback and winning a Super Bowl. Not saying that it, it won't happen at some point. Not saying that the, maybe, maybe the Vikings can buck that trend. But I actually think you have a better chance with a, a lesser quarterback who makes a lot less money if you build the rest of your roster right to win a Super Bowl. So we'll see. Maybe Mon's a bust. Um, but I would rather have him in a million next year than Kirk at 45. So they need to figure that out. As long as Clint Kubiak is here for two to three years, or let's say the offense absolutely rocks and – All right, see you guys. I'm going to be a head coach over in, uh, I don't know, pick your team. He goes to the Raiders. In in Chicago to coach uh, Justin Fields after Matt Nagy gets back. Yeah, that too. (laughs) If Clint Kubiak is here, I think Kellen Mond does have potential. He he just needs 
to be nurtured. We need that nurturing. And for a team like, okay, I feel that way kind of going off topic a little bit. I kind of feel that way about Trey Lance. Trey Lance really needs development, but his head coach is Kyle Shanahan. He's going to be fine. With a defensive-minded head coach trying to develop a rookie quarterback, it, it a lot of things have to fall into place. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I got to get your t- – I know you're a Timberwolves fan too. I got my All Eyes North, just shameless. Oh, oh, they just God, they wrote no. me in every single year. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm a Mavericks fan, uh, but no, I don't want to talk about that. That's terrible. I thought, don't you have some Timberwolves fandom in you, or is that just, no, is that just gone? No, I'm a Mavs fan. I used mm. to talk about Wolves, uh, I think, a couple of years ago. I used to talk about it briefly here and there, just because I know people that watch my stuff, they're Vikings fans, so naturally they're going to be Wolves fans. But no, I'm actually a Dallas Mavericks fan. I actually have Dirk Nowitzki holding the... So you uh, actively you actively chose to dive into Timberwolves discussions without yeah. having any connections. That is, man, that is uh, brave of you, my friend. Try to be for the people. <laughs> it was, uh, oh, God, it was tough to watch. That was with Andrew Wiggins. And, uh, goodness, his – there's not a shot that that man wouldn't take with you guys. I mean, he would well, put up he whatever. Finally, he finally found <laughs> his perfect situation just like – the third or fourth guy in the pecking order in a great organization and just go get your 15 and, and five and don't be relied upon in big moments. I mean, I, I'm happy that he's thriving quote unquote in that play in uh, tournament with against goodness, the Lakers. Oh God. He uh, partially why they lost at the end, but that's neither here nor yeah. there. Uh, okay. So on the Mavericks real quick, cause, cause mm-hmm. you're passionate about them. Who? What, what's the retool? Because they've got one of the. It looks like they've got generationally great uh, Doncic here for at least the next ten years. Who? What do they have to do this offseason? Uh, they well, they Mark Cuban just came out and said that we are not firing the head coach Rick Carlisle, who I'm pretty sure we have not gotten out the first round since the 2011 NBA championship, which that was fantastic. But it seems like he's riding the coattails of that. But whatever. The first thing you need to do is trade Kristaps Porzingis for a ham sandwich, or I don't care <laughs> what you need to do. I have never seen in my life a more useless seven-footer in the NBA. This dude, I mean, to be seven-foot-three and yet still play so small to be a spot-up a spot up shooter, and what's most frustrating is it, this kind of reminds me of Anthony Barr to a degree. So much talent. Yes. Oh my God. He has so much potential, but just for whatever reason, it's just boom, 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 boom. like whatever. And then reports <laughs> came out. Oh, uh, oh, he, uh, Christoph Porzingis, he's frustrated. He feels like an afterthought uh, behind Luka Doncic. Well, show like you care. Yeah, get over it. Yeah, no, they need to trade him for whatever, and they need to bring in a real second star. That's what they need to do. And then after that, I mean, honestly, after Luka Doncic, I'll take Dorian Finney-Smith, Jalen Brunson, maybe. Tim Hardaway Jr. is way too streaky, way too inconsistent. But Kristaps Porzingis, it's one thing if you're making like $5 million a year, but this dude is the highest paid player on the team. And literally all he does, he has two moves, Phil. He'll take the ball. He'll do one dribble, he'll kick it back out. Or if he doesn't kick it back out, he'll take the ball and just turn around 
and just do a fadeaway jump shot. And the problem is it doesn't matter who's guarding him. You or me could be guarding him. I'm 5'10", right? I could be guarding all 7'3 of Kristaps Porzingis at the three-point line, and he will not say, oh, I'm about to take you to the rack. He will shoot a fadeaway (laughs) three-point shot and brick it. Well, I've got about like one year of Timberwolves fandom left in my soul. I've just been clinging for 30-plus years. And oh, so yeah. if if they can't if they can't at least get to the plan, I'm probably going to jump ship and ju- I, I'm just I'm going to be a free agent fan. So maybe I'll maybe I'll jump on board with you and just be a Mavericks fan, or maybe just yeah, be, be my nice. B team. There's he does, potential. yeah, he does. He needs to be the A. Cat needs to be the B, and then D'Lo. D'Lo did a good job sort really? of understanding. Yeah, Cat's Cat's a B personality, okay, and an, and an A talent, and I think he feels more comfortable even like in press conferences and stuff. He loves having. They love doing joint Zoom sessions with the media and stuff. And Ant's just like the joyous personality, and um, he's mature beyond his his young 19. So I think if the pecking order plays out that way and and Ant can turn into the Dwayne Wade and then Cat can be sort of the just the amazingly talented second player on that team, then they've got something. But so, I mean, they're not going to sign a free agent. Who's going to move the needle? So they need Anthony Edwards to uh, to pan out. We'll see. So, dude, thanks for joining. Some good stuff here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun, man. And uh, just for people who are listening or watching, Realistic Randy on YouTube, um, subscribe. Click that sub button, and you'll get some more entertaining Vikings content delivered to you what, three days a week or so. You're pumping out videos even in the offseason? Uh, three times a week. Yeah. Cool. Right yeah. On. One of the OG – Vikings vent line presences and uh, it was fun having him on here on purple daily, this bonus episode. So for realistic Randy, I'm Phil Mackey. Thanks for hanging out with us. Whether it's Baker's simple truth, Turkey or Mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more save $1 each sale just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card Baker's fresh for everyone.